Hey, welcome everybody. This is our first Love Lived Out podcast from 24-7 Church. And we're just really excited about having times like this of discussion um, where we can talk about the word, talk about current events, things, things that are going on, um, and just uh, how best we can actually serve one another, love one another, and be Christians and be the bride during this time. So we're really, really excited about this. This is our first one. So we're learning a lot about podcasts and how to do all of this and just getting used to being on camera as well. Um, so but so bear with us, yeah, please. Um, but we're really excited about today, and we've got some exciting topics to talk about and things just to discuss. And so we want to welcome you into that space with us. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Connor, and this is Damien, and we're on leadership at Twenty Four Seven Church. And over the next uh, podcast, future podcast that we do, you'll see many different faces, many different discussions and topics. And so we're really looking forward to that. So, Damien, do you want to just maybe? Give us a little bit of a rundown of what we're doing and what we're going to tackle today. Yeah, so today we thought what would be a good one to start off with is just um, having a bit of a discussion around what it actually looks like to be a Christian in this time, given the global pandemic that is going on, uh, borders are shut um, all over the world, churches have been forced to uh, no longer gather. So we really want to unpack what it looks like to now be a Christian without the, the usual ways that we're used to doing church um, and what it looks like to be the church um, in this time. So maybe to just kick off, we can just talk a little bit about the current global situation and how that's impacted um, individuals and uh, church yeah. in a corporate sense. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest um, challenges that we've faced has obviously been around this global virus, this pandemic, um, and how it's affected us by isolating us, putting us in our homes and Literally overnight, we went from being able to do, to do whatever we wanted to, to meet in churches, public gatherings. I mean, we were seeing the greatest mission missions movement, mm. an explosion of the greatest missions movement um, in the beginning of this year than we've seen in, in a long time. And, uh, and then overnight, the borders are closed. You can't leave your home and, uh, and you can't do public gatherings. And so I think for, for the individual, what became quite a challenging thing was so much information about this virus, so much, um, so many statistics and uh, things that were really stirring fear um, mm. in so many people. And um, I think probably the biggest challenge for the church has been how do we function as believers during this time? Uh, what should our, our heart's posture individually be and, and what should our response be as an individual uh, because we know Jesus and we have a relationship with the Lord? Um, and, then, and then further beyond that, it's like, okay, how do we actually be the church like how do we function as the church what does that even look like because everything's changed overnight exactly especially because i know for a long time one of the biggest questions um in the church has been what does the church look like when you take yeah. away the building but now that's one of those questions that's been forced to be answered um because now we don't have our so buildings to be able to gather you know some people have had the opportunity to still go and do recordings and worship sets and things like that but um the church being able to gather is currently a no more situation so I think it's, it's really pushed the church to have to think, well, what does it look like when we read in the Bible, um, there was a lot of persecution at the time or, or a prevention of, you know, bigger gatherings. So they did awesome things like jumping over walls and yeah. meeting in each other's homes. So I think it's just really forced us to look deeper than what we're used to being able to do, what we've called church. Yeah. And uh, think a little bit outside the box. Ask the Lord, like, okay, what does it look like to be able to still make disciples? Yeah. To be able to still um, minister to people, to um, tend to the needs of the poor, all those different kinds of things amongst all the different um, restrictions. Yeah. Um, and as far as individuals go, I think one of the 
most difficult things or most challenging things in this time more than the virus that has you know gone all over the world is the fear that it has brought yeah. um, in individuals you know the the widespread of media and and you know most of the information out there you don't even know whether it's reliable you know people are saying that some statistics are yeah inflated and all that kind of stuff but if you don't know that it's just easy to go oh my word thousands of people are you know either dying or all this kind of stuff and um, I think this is where centering what we believe and what we stand on on the word of God becomes absolutely vital when we're being bombarded by a lot of uh, worldly statistics and 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 things that do just inherently bring a whole lot of fear. Yeah. Um, I feel like rooting ourselves in the word of, the, of word of God and His presence has become more vital than ever. Hundred percent. I think with that, what's been, I think, such a, a specific challenge for every single one of us has been, you're a part of a community that does you know, a whole bunch of stuff as a church. And now you don't have that anymore. And you're left with what is the reality of my relationship with God? Do I know how to have intimacy with him? Do I know how to connect with him? Do I know how to hear God? What kind of relationship with him have I cultivated? Um, and, and then you see the fruit of that. So, you know, it's like you're fed information, you're fed the, the statistics and there's fear. And then, you know, it's like, okay, that challenges the depth of what is faith? Like, do I... Faith isn't just this tool of how I plug it into different situations, believing for, you know, a specific answer or an outcome, but actually saying, wow, what does it mean if the righteous live by faith? What does it mean to live by faith every day when, you know, the global situation has changed? We're living in a world that we weren't living in eight you know, to ten weeks ago or even longer. Um, and so now it's like the reality of the gospel, the reality of our relationship with God, yeah. um, our, our, you know, how do we experience God, time in His presence, time in the Word. Um, it goes far beyond the service now. You know? And uh, so I think for the individual Christian, the big question is, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? We'll start for the, as, as one title. But then taking it further, what does it mean to be a Christian during a global pandemic? And what is our response? What is the posture of our hearts? Because so many of us slip into fear. And, and then it's like, you know, what's the difference between the believer and the unbeliever in the midst of a global pandemic? Uh, if we're in the same uh, posture and, and response of fear and panic and, and selfishness, you know, we go into isolation. I feel like one of the biggest things is that as soon as we isolate ourselves, we only think about ourselves and our families and, yeah. and what we have and trying to protect what we've built our self empires we start worrying about finances and they're, they're real concerns they're, they're you know there are genuine things that we worry about but suddenly the focus shifts from from the kingdom of god from others from you know serving the mandate of the church serving what jesus came to do and without even knowing it suddenly we, we become so inward focused and it's the same challenge with online church it's like it's it's real easy to stay in your pajamas, sit on the couch, drink a cup of coffee <laughs> and watch somebody else, you know, do the stuff, if that makes sense. And I think that's one of the dangers actually during this time is to be so careful that we don't become backfooted, self-centered, inward focused uh, and actually miss the reality of what it means to be a Christian. So maybe let's chat around that. Like, you know, you're, you're isolated in your home. You, you can't really do a whole bunch of stuff, but there's certain things that we can do. And so what are we, what are we governed by? Uh, as an individual, as a believer, how do we stay in a place of honor? Because we know we don't want to be in, <clears throat> in dishonor. So how do we stay in honor but still be, be governed by God's authority, uh, God's ways, His precepts, the laws that He's inscribed and written on our heart? And what does that look like from a day-to-day -day kind of experience or walk? Yeah, um, I think one of the first, just a scripture that popped into my mind was as you were um, sharing there, I think we're going to be 
going into Philippians quite a lot this morning. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of that um, almost inherent selfishness that has come out in this time, yeah. where now it's, I need to make sure my family is protected, I'm protected, got the mask, got all these things, can't see anybody, can't do anything else, I need to protect my finances, my... Um, you know, uh, standard of living and all that kind of stuff. And just a, a, a scripture that uh, jumped into my heart, which I feel all of this challenges the yeah. one of the core um, heart postures of a believer and the example that Jesus set is, is really humility. So just a, this one that jumped into my mind was in um, uh, Philippians 2 verse 3, where it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant and uh, um, more significant than yourselves. Let each of you uh, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I think one of the difficult things in this time is there's been such a fear of loss that everyone's clinging on to, uh, whether it's, you know, your possessions or or anything like that, and and a reluctancy to want to um, give and help, when particularly in a time like this, there's been a whole lot of, um, there's been a lot of loss and a lot of suffering, but there's you've kind of got the separation of these different classes or, or, or mindsets where um, those that are maybe less affected are happy with a lot of the restrictions and yeah. things like that because, well, not too much about my, um, you know, my standard of living has changed yeah. or the way that I uh, perceive things. But, you know, to look at Jesus' example where no matter where I may be, how well off I may be or not, to always posture myself in what is it that I can do to serve the community around me, to so, serve the community that I'm in, um, family, friends, yeah. whatever it looks like. What is it that I can do? Whether it's maybe it is just delivering, you know, food parcels or things like that. But maybe it's also just picking up the phone and actually yeah. checking how so, somebody else is doing, regardless yeah. of your situation. You know, yeah. I think that we I know we're going to touch on this a little bit later. But sometimes even in hardship, that is something that can actually bring a whole lot of unity yeah. Um, yeah. into the church. Yeah, that's so good. And I think like something that's got to be so clear for the believer is that. You know, the Bible's real clear that we, we submit to, you know, the earthly authorities that are over us. We honor them. Um, and, and that's a big part of, of what makes us different. We're not into rebellion. We're not into dishonor. Yeah. Uh, this isn't, you know, we're, we're not that kind of people. But at the same time, while we're doing that and honoring uh, the earthly authorities and, and institutions that are over us, there is a higher government that governs our lives, which was governing us long before any human institution, and it will govern us way beyond that as well for all of eternity. And so uh, I think what's so important is making sure we understand the governance of God, that it's a government Mm. of love, that it's actually a government of humility, it's a government of His kingdom. And so first and foremost, it starts with our own hearts, with our own posture. And so I think that's where, you know, as Christians, we've got to make sure that even in the, the legal uh, laws and restrictions and things that stop us from going out and, and doing maybe all the things we want to do that first and foremost within our own household and our own home that we're being governed by the kingdom of God that we're not in fear we're in faith uh, we, we were, we're walking in humility we're not concerned about uh, losing our stuff or, or that kind of thing yeah. but we're actually thinking a bigger picture because we're living for eternity yes. and then from so that good. I think flows these acts of love where you know what what is in my hand right now what can I do can I you know, if there's, if there's somebody in my family or my church community or somebody that I know or see or, or come across that's in need, then I actually owe the world an encounter. I love Bill Johnson always talks about that. I owe the world an encounter with Jesus. So, and so if you were to encounter Jesus, you would encounter compassion. You would encounter humility and gentleness and love. 
and he would want to meet your need. He does. He does it for every single one of us. And so if we are the hands and feet of Jesus, a global pandemic doesn't stop that. Uh, and and even, even human institutions, even uh, the, the governmental laws that are over us right now cannot stop the church from being the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ. And so I think what it's taken us into is realizing that that the church has never been an institution that we belong to. It's always yes. been a body that we're a part of. And this has really challenged us because suddenly the institution, the institutional methods have changed. So now what we were used to, what we were comfortable with, was we would attend a Sunday service or maybe attend a, a home group in the midweek. And, uh, and we could kind of fit church into our into little our box schedule, and that's, yes. yeah, into our routines and our schedules. And it's like, that's, that's what we do. But now suddenly, you know, it's online. And so you can, you can tune in and watch that. But I found even for myself, it's pushed me to a place of going, like, I know that I wasn't born again as a Christian to watch somebody else on a screen. I can be encouraged. I can be equipped by them. I can be stirred. That's the purpose of an online service. What are we doing with that? Exactly. A majority of my life is lived outside of a church service. So what does it mean to be the church beyond those walls? You know, And, and I think that's now where it's become a substance and a reality. You know? Absolutely. I think this is where it can come back to... Um, you know, understanding what it means for the individual and then in the context of the church. Yeah, so where, like we were saying, one thing we want to get into is the, the how versus the why yeah. in terms of the way that we do church. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, we've been used to, like I was saying, um, you know, attending a service uh, yeah. weekly. And so people are kind of living from Sunday to Sunday. You know, you get your, your fix. Worship was so wonderful. I got, I got goosebumps. And then in the week, it's back to my own. I've got things yeah. to do. I've got an empire to build and, and all the distractions and things that happen. And a lot of the reason why we go to church gets completely neglected yeah. in the week. Yeah. Now, a lot of the things that we were able to do when we gather have been completely removed. Yeah. So now the question comes, well, what, as an individual, what have I built my Christian life upon? So good. Have I built it upon a service? Am I dependent on being able to gather so that I feel good in yeah. that environment, yeah. which helps me get through whatever I need to get through in the week? Yeah. Or have I actually built um, the stability of my life and the, the condition of yeah. my heart on the word of the Lord and in his presence, so uh, which is a daily thing? Yeah. And I think a lot of what this has done is kind of forced a lot of, a lot of people to answer that question yeah. because the live streams are, are absolutely great, but... Uh, and they serve a, a beautiful purpose, and I'm grateful for them yeah. this time. But we know that it's it's not the same as being able to all get in the same room, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think a question that everybody's needed to ask in this time is, what what does it look like for me uh, to actually be a Christian? What are the things the, the things that I need to be developing and building my life upon, so that when all of this passes um, passes away. Um, suddenly church, I think, is going to look a yeah. whole lot more yeah. powerful when we have instilled true uh, godly values and, and Jesus principles in, so our, in our hearts and lives. So Even in the midst of all of this chaos, say we were going to be in Philippians about yes. <laughs> the sinking of another scripture. Um, it's one of the, like a fridge magnet scripture, you know, everybody knows. But I think this is where this stuff really becomes real. Um, just go uh, chapter 4 from verse 6. Uh, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I think more than just being able to quote that, 
sticking it on your fridge, yeah. making it your foam wallpaper. There is a, a very real, uh, there's a reality to this, you yeah. know, and it only comes through relationship and intimacy with the yeah. world. So good. Where regardless, it actually doesn't even make sense that my life and my peace comes from Jesus, which means regardless of the situation that I may be facing, whether all of my routine has gone completely out the window, yeah. the things I used to like doing, the, the way I used to do things is out, there's just chaos everywhere, yet my peace is maintained yeah. because it was never built on those things in yeah. the first place. So good. This is where building our lives uh, on the rock really becomes... <laughs> Uh, vital because the wind has come and the waves have come yeah. and it has broken down a lot of what man has built in this time yeah. um, but I think that in the midst of this there is that peace that surpasses understanding that Jesus so has been uh, not even just holding out like we said in the, even in the beginning of this whole lockdown time that there's been this yearning on uh, from the heart of the Lord inviting his children into so much more yeah. like it's not just a well it's there if you want it it's like no please yeah, you know so there is so much for you to experience and and now more than ever it is so important that you respond to this so good i think like what you're saying there around the peace as well what what's i think a vital question that almost marks our lives from the moment that we're born again is what are you living for and that yeah. question, I think, is, is where your peace is held, if that makes sense. Because yeah. if you're living for the things of this world, your peace is going to get rocked. Because it's gonna, the things are changing all the, all time. the time. And so, you know, your peace is never rooted in something that is long-lasting, that's eternal, um, and that's constant and always stays the same. But when you're living for eternity, when you know that your purpose in God has always been to be one with Him, has always been to be filled with Him, that your purpose is actually for all of eternity, I'm going to be one with God. Yeah. Uh, that's Philippians. You know, Philippians 3, Paul anchors that whole book on the, this reality of what it means to know God, to have, to gain Christ, to be in Him. And I think that, that is so, so crucial for a time like this because if your peace is found in Jesus, if your peace is found in knowing Him, being one with Him, you're unshakable. And that mm -hmm. is the unshakable kingdom. That is the kingdom that can't be shaken. And so right now, there's a great shaking happening on the earth. But I think what's important for us is to see kind of these two aspects. One, that this is not new for the church. That actually over the last 2,000 years, you know, just as I've been studying that, it's like normal for the church to be under this oppression and under this persecution. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're nowhere near, certainly here in South Africa, we're nowhere near to that kind of level of persecution yet. Um, but there are places in the world that have that. But I just think it's incredible that it's like normal for Christians to be under attack, to be oppressed, to, be, to have limitations and restrictions. And yet in the midst of that, they thrive. Yeah, and when you study yeah. these incredible men and women of God, many of them who you know, will never know their faces or names, but, but they were a people of, of uh, such peace and such hope and such life uh, and such a, a grace in the midst of, of pain and loss mm -hmm. and, and so many things that were going on. And so I think on one side, we've got to look at that and say, okay, if we as the church are being shaken by the methods of church being changed, then we've built on the wrong thing. Yeah. Because the methods of church have changed sure. so many times over the last 2,000 years, and they probably will continue to change. Mm -hmm. But one thing that doesn't change is the Holy Spirit. And so if wow. the Holy Spirit is the, the center of our, of our um, churches and, and the center of what we do, then suddenly we are a movement of God and not a movement of man. And movements of man come under attack when it's our institutions, our systems, and our structures. But when it's a movement of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, nothing can stop, nothing can stop us. And I remember, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was in one of the books that I was reading about the, the persecuted church. 
And they said, you know, you can kill people, but you can never kill the church. And that's sure. how we've got to think about it is, you know, you can, you can maybe stop an individual or, or try and, and, and cage somebody like they did Paul, put him into, the, into jail, but they could not stop the movement of God in the earth. And that's what, what gets me excited about this time. And so I think it's important that we don't get caught up in the methods. That actually as the church, yes, individually, we need to be rooted and grounded in our relationship with the Lord. We need to know what it means uh, to walk in that. And uh, that is the anchor of our lives. Um, but as a corporate, in a corporate sense, as the church, we've got to be careful that we're not fighting for the methods. Like yeah. what you were saying is when we, when we are able to gather again, are we ready for what church could look like? Because Holy Spirit's leading us into a new era. We said that 2020 is a new era. We knew it was a missions yeah. explosion we across the We can't just go back to how things were. 100%. Because then what was the point of all this? What are we actually preparing ourselves for? But I think to be ready for that, we really have to, to, to test our hearts and to check what we've built our Christian life on. Because we get so comfortable with the methods. And, and I, I noticed that even with our online um, uh, gatherings and our live streams, is we've got to be so careful we're not trying to just replicate what we used to do online because it's different. Yes. It's not the same. And so as we're doing this, being led by Holy Spirit, I think that is probably the key at this time is to really know Holy Spirit, to have a relationship with Him and to be obedient in that. Um, and uh, I think in terms of like the posture of the church from a unity point of view, I've been so stirred and encouraged mm -hmm. that actually more than ever before, we need each other. Uh, not just... We need each other individually within our local churches, but we actually need each other from a local church point of view. All the different churches in the city and the nation, across the nations. Uh, one of the most encouraging things has been what Watchmen for the Nations are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, it's called Perfume of the Nations. 145 worship teams, 34 nations represented, uh, all worshiping online for 10 days straight. And I mean, we've, we have the privilege of being a part of that. And it's what, what stirs me is that these are people I've never met, faces I've never seen before. I don't even know these people, but I, but I know them in the spirit. And together we're participating in something that is beyond us that's yes. to glorify Jesus. You know? What I love about it is, um, like you said, we, we have no idea who they are. We have no idea the way that they like to do things. Because I think in the past, that's kind of been the conditions on how churches will interact with each other. Yeah. Well, what are you preaching on the Sunday? How do you do things? Yeah. You know, that's been a lot of the things that have actually Methods. separated us. Methods have yeah. separated the church. But now it's like, all we have is Jesus. Yeah. All we have is Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, that's always been how Jesus has wanted so the church to be positioned, so where it, it can't be a what about the way we do things, like you said, because as the world changes, as things continue to happen, yeah. we can't expect to just do things the same. And I think change needs to be something that the church should joyfully embrace. Yeah. So um, because I think change of season enables us to have fresh perspective for the new things so that the good. Lord is wanting to do. Yeah. Um, I think keeping everything normal, so to speak, the way we do it all the time is how the church becomes very tame yeah. and how people almost get bored in a sense. You get yeah. used to, you get caught up in the routine. You yeah. do, you know, okay, yeah, this week I'm going to come and it's going to be, you know, 30 minutes worship, quick yeah. announcements of word, and then maybe I'll get prayed for and then I'll go home. So but now that there's like, it's like the Lord is inviting the church into a much, much deeper um, playing field than that. Yeah. Like it's not just about we keep saying it, not just about the methods. There's a man to encounter yeah, in the midst of all of this. There is a, a life to be lived, not just for two hours on a Sunday, but yeah. every moment of every day. If, I, if I've been made one with the Holy Spirit, then what yeah. does that look like yeah. moment to moment, not yeah. just Sunday to Sunday? So you good. Know? So good. Um, and I'm excited because now it's like 
like we've been saying, all these questions that we need to ask needs to produce something in us. Yeah. Like if I if I really do believe that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, that has to look way more outrageous than Come than a two hour service. Come like the the just the idea that the presence of the Lord can be contained inside of us. Yeah. Like that must that must wreck us. That yeah. must blow our minds. You know, that needs to be something that never becomes tame in our own hearts. And yeah. in Philippines, again, it's just catching my eye. In chapter 3, verse 20, where Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. And I go like, that means we're foreigners here. Yeah. And yeah, come on. on a natural um, kind of understanding, no matter what country you're in, it's very easy to identify somebody that's not from where yes. you are. Yes. Um, you know, whether it's the way that they speak, yeah. maybe even the clothes that they wear, the yeah. way that they do certain things. Um, the culture in general is completely different. And if our citizenship is in heaven, yeah. you know, because we've been saved um, by grace through faith and we've been raised up with Jesus, seated with him in the heavenly Come places, on. that needs to be the posture of, of our lives, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to look different. Um, we can't respond to what's happening in the world the same way that the world responds to what's happening yeah there has to be that peace that surpasses all understanding yeah. um love that surpasses knowledge all those kinds of things um because otherwise what's what's really the point mm. what has been the point in, in going somewhere every single sunday or doing the various yeah. things if as soon as something difficult happens i look exactly like everybody else yeah. um in the midst now, of the now it becomes real, exactly. Yeah. Now it's where whatever I've built inside here actually needs to come out. Yeah. That Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I've sent you into the world. Yeah. So Which means he was the, the, the living, the visible image of the invisible God. He demonstrated the exact nature and character of the Father. So and we have the privilege, not, not an obligation, the privilege of being able to demonstrate him to the world. But that's impossible without knowing him in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I think that the, the extra time that, it, that a lot of people have been given in this, just a call to the church to really use it. Yeah, good students, um, yeah. Exactly, you know, don't use the time to treat it as extra time for Netflix or, yeah. or you know, at the same time, I know a lot of people have been saying uh, what's been good about all of this is that people are connecting better with families yeah. and spending more time together. And, and that's beautiful and it's so good, but I feel like it still has to go deeper than that. So good, man. Absolutely. If you know, if your family life has been wobbling and been neglected, yeah. go for it. But there's families, yeah. yes, but yeah. there's a deeper, like my prayer is that the world is convicted on their, you know, their um, position in eternity. Yeah. Like so when good. everything else stops, what does that mean for yeah. me? There must be something more than this. Hundred percent. And I think you know, bringing this kind of to a not a close, but just a focus point, is um, I think many many. Christians and believers don't understand or don't have a revelation of what's available to them. And yeah, so what happens sure. is you, leave, you live a, a <clears throat> very shallow Christian life because you never really get past the cycle of just trying to deal with your sin or you know, your guilt and your shame and your condemnation um, or dealing with the emotions of depression and anxiety and, and the earthly kind of natural realm. It's like people are just trying to deal with that and they hold on to, to, to Jesus as like, as a savior to just get me out of this mess. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Jesus is so beautiful that he meets people in that time and time again. But when we understand what's available to us, that actually that we've become the righteousness of God through Jesus. And I know as a church, we've been talking about this, mm. but when you understand that you've been made right with God permanently, that you've been made one with him, that he's not going to leave you, he's not going to forsake you, but now you have access to the all sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the only one found worthy, the only life, 
that was recognized in heaven, the only reputation recognized in heaven. You have divine access to that life through the Holy Spirit. I think it, it puts a hunger in you to want to spend time with him, to want to know him, because suddenly it's like, number one, I can. He made a way for me. Yeah. But also number two, like how much more does he want me? Like how much more does he want to fill me and possess me yes. and anoint me for the works of the kingdom to do that? And so I think what's so important at this time is knowing that there's kind of these two aspects of our Christian life. One is that we are called to walk in intimacy with God. We're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so mm. as Christians, we have to know that, yes, we're here. We live here. We're in the, you know, we're not pretending like nothing's happening. We, exactly. we're we not know. Yeah. Like it's, it's intense. You know, there's a global pandemic. There's a virus that's killing people. And, and these things are, they happen on the earth. Uh, and there's statistics, you know, I want to bring this into a, a understanding and context is, the stats for coronavirus are, are insane, but this has happened multiple times on the earth. Maybe not exactly this situation, but we've had global situations, attacks in different regions. You know, I mean, the, the, the abortion stats are like, you know, 12 million. Just I think it's just this year. I'm not 100% sure the exact thing, but there's so many stats of lives That's that have wild. been taken, the loss and the pain. But we're in this world, but we're not of it. And so we're called, like you said, as citizens of heaven to bring the kingdom of God onto the earth, to bring the government of love the governance of God onto the earth. And that's where you see signs, wonders, miracles, the compassion of Jesus being released, uh, words of knowledge, you know, prophetic words, just a, a, a culture, a kingdom culture, a group of people that are, are above just this natural thing. So that's the one side is these individual lives that look like Jesus because it's, it's the individual life that stirs the body. So and good. so, that, so that, that really gets me excited. And then the, on the other side, we've got to know that we're a part of the bride of Christ. And I think this is so vital is that we have to live knowing that he's coming back yes like we're not at the end of the story do you know what i'm saying like when jesus died that wasn't the end that was the beginning of the new breed that was the beginning of the new covenant that was the beginning of the the perfect design of of god in christ in man and uh, we were called to live in that and so now as the church that's what we've got to be focused on is saying actually the methods are going to change situations are going to happen you know like we're experiencing now, but the Holy Spirit doesn't change. And we're called to be a people that are filled with God Himself, a people that are demonstrating and representing Jesus well yes. on the earth. Not because we're striving for it, but because we've received the Holy Spirit. And I think these are the things that we're coming back to as a church, the simplicity of the gospel, the truth, the message of grace, being filled by the Holy Spirit, and actually carrying this out to see the works of the kingdom. Um, so I, I get excited about this because I think we're actually positioned even though it's been a scary time, I think we're positioned exactly where God wants us as a church to be launched into the kingdom, to be launched into a new perspective with our eyes cleansed and, and healthier, a, yeah. a godly perspective of, of life. And actually that we're ready and we're preparing the bride for the return of Jesus. So good. I remember a while ago, long before there was even a hint of any of this happening, we used to talk about knowing, I mean, globally, the church has, you know, felt just in our hearts, knowing that there is a, a massive just move of God happening, yeah. um, just a glory that is beyond what we can yeah. even imagine. And I remember there was always such a reverence with that, knowing that there needed to be a, a heart preparation yeah. to not let yeah, that so actually good. crush us. So good. Um, and I think that not even for a second is this whole thing sent by the Lord, but yeah. He is Come an absolute so professional good. at being able to use what the enemy intended to, uh, for yeah. evil to cause His church to thrive. Yeah. And I think that... Um, in the midst of borders being shut down and like you were saying the greatest missions movement that's almost ever been seen we're in the midst of that yeah um but it's almost like the lord uses time as a quick pause and reflect yeah, yeah. like okay 
make sure that what you are building in your yeah, heart, so. make sure that your relationship with me, what you are choosing to feast on, are you feasting off of statistics and, and, and news and media? Is that what you're filling yeah. your heart with? Yeah. Or are you going to learn to feast upon my word? Come on. Are you going to learn to live in my presence yeah. and really let the message and the power of the gospel ruin you for anything else? Because once all of this lifts, and it will, I, I feel like when I try to think about it, it makes me even, either want to laugh or cry because yeah. <laughs> it's like I actually can't, I can't even imagine how huge it's going to be just with having conversations like this, knowing even in individuals' lives, um, the, the wild transformation that the Lord yeah. has already been doing yeah. in the hearts of individuals. So like we were saying, when the church gets together again, yeah. it's not going to be for the same purpose yeah. anymore. The purpose is not going to be just to fill a room. Yeah, so good. It's going to be that there's, there's individuals in there that are training and equipping everybody in that room for yes. the works of the ministry. Divine that we can send them out yeah. and millions and millions of people come will come to come Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I guess just something that we really want to emphasize here is, yeah. is intimacy with the Lord, yeah. particularly in this time, is absolutely vital. Yeah. Vital for the Christian life in general, regardless of whether there's a, you know, a, yeah. a pandemic or anything. But... I think there's such an urgency in the heart of God, first of all, to come to Him. Yeah. As sons, there is a, a yearning in His heart to invite sons and daughters into this yeah. profound place of intimacy and, and true knowing of Him, so that when this opens, we're going to be launched and propelled into a glory that we can't even imagine. Yeah. And, um, and that looks like the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. So good. Which is really exciting. So good. I was just reminded of that scripture in Ephesians. I think you and I tend to talk about this all the time but <laughs> Ephesians 3 uh, verse 16 I'm, I'm reading oh, from the Amplified I just I love how it words it it says may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner man or inner self like even just pausing there for a second and just realizing what does that look like Every day, yeah, just like every day, intimacy and relationship with the Lord where I can access the riches of His glory, that I'd be strengthened and spiritually energized with power. So it's not just any power, it's power through His Spirit in my inner self, in my inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through our faith. And I'm like, I think this is, is becoming a reality for the individual. And when it becomes a reality for the individual, it becomes a reality for the body. So because good. when all the so parts good. of the body are functioning properly, which we found in Ephesians Later 4. On, yeah. But when they're all are functioning properly, the body builds itself up in love. It grows. And I think this is what's happening. Um, it says, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, that can only happen through intimacy, <laughs> That you'd be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, there's the corporate thing. I love that. The width and the length and height and depth of his love. And Amplified says, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. Um, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness yeah. of God. And the Amplified goes on to say, so that Shana. you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Wow. And then just when you're thinking like, man, I so long for that. I just don't know, like, how do I, how do I have this? Suddenly he says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think. Um, 
according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You just take that passage of scripture and you just think, man, this is, this is what we're called to. We're called to walk in that reality of oneness with God, yeah. individually and corporately, that we, we would experience the love of God. That's our podcast, Love Live That. Um, but actually that it's Him, now to Him who is able. He's the one who's able to do this. Even more than we dare ask or think, He's going to make that reality in our hearts. So good. You know, yeah, that excites me. <laughs> so, so good. I think what's so important to know there as well is that that is the will of God for your yeah, life, to have this, the like, to experience this. Yeah. Like, to not just leave it as, as words on the page, you know, um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is breathed out by God. Yeah. But I really believe that it also takes the breath of God to make it alive in yeah. your heart. Yeah. Like this can't just be an academic book that you so, study. Yeah, this yeah. must be read. It's um, an encounter. <laughs> I think it was um, Eric Gilmore who says that the Bible is the only book that demands that the author be oh. present when you wow. read it. Wow. And that like absolutely wrecked me. Like I can't afford to... It's almost like a bit of a dangerous book yeah. if you read it without um, you know, guidance of the Holy Spirit. But yeah. just on that line of, of, of everything that you just said there about being um, you know, just the, the will of God for our lives that He wants us to experience. Yeah, I thought of um, Colossians 1 where uh, from chapter 15, uh, verse 15, sorry, it talks about the preeminence of Christ. Yeah. And um, I'll just go from verse 18. Uh, it says, and He's the head of the body the church he's the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent yeah and then verse 19 says for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile uh, to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross wow Wow. i just think there's this beautiful picture of the life of jesus that we so um admire yeah. But more than that, more than just admiring the life, we've got to know that the life that he lived was a model for us to be able to Come walk on. in as well. And here we see that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And in um, Ephesians 3, where you just read, there's this invitation yeah. for the fullness of God Come to on, dwell man. inside of you. Yeah. And how that happens is by knowing uh, the love of Jesus, being so able to good. comprehend so in your own heart, but also with all the saints, yeah. what is the height and length yeah. and breadth and depth to know the love of Jesus that surpasses all knowledge. Yeah, so, so good. It doesn't get much better than that. No. It doesn't get much better than that. I love that, um, you know, it's our, it's our kind of mission statement as a church and it's the name of this podcast, Love Lived At. But I love that it's love is lived. It's not just a knowledge that's acquired or, you know, yes. a theory in our heads. It's lived. And, and so the heart of God is actually for an intimate experience, an intimate touch so with good. His presence. And I don't know why, but there was such a shift in the last two minutes as we were talking. But I, just <laughs> have, I have like such a sense that um, God's just got such a heart for, like as you're listening, as people are listening to this, I just have such a sense now that Holy Spirit's like drawing your hearts. He's tugging your hearts. He's... He's, he's inviting you into the reality of intimacy with Him. And what that looks like is actually an emptying of yourself, not an assessment yeah. of yourself. I just feel to encourage people, this isn't about like critting yourself or, yes. or a self-assessment where you've got to check out the areas that you need to get sorted out before you can have this. Like it's not that at all. What Jesus paid for was actually that He would be, become one with your failures and bury them in the grave. And then you were raised to a new life with yes. Jesus where you came into His life, into His likeness. And so now I just feel like Holy Spirit wants you to know where you're positioned. That you're actually positioned at the right hand of the Father, seated in Christ Jesus. 
that actually when, when the Father relates to you now, He relates to you as if you lived the life of Jesus Christ. That, that sounds just so outrageous. It sounds so um, almost scandalous, and it is. That's the good news of the gospel, is that it's this great scandal of grace. It's this incredible, <laughs> outrageous message where Jesus is saying, yes, I want you to know that you're in me now. You're in my life. The same communion that Jesus shares with the Holy Spirit, we can have because we've been, we've been made one through Christ with so the Holy Spirit. Good. So I just want to pray, Father, I, I just release your presence, your glory, the riches of your glory. Um, not just knowledge, but right now a tangible physical touch of your presence and your anointing yes. on every single person that would watch this or listen to this and i just thank you holy spirit that you are drawing that you're inviting that you've made a way through the blood where, where there was no way there is now a way to come into communion with god to come into daily experience with his presence and his glory yeah. and so holy spirit i just ask as we as we just take a moment to be sensitive to you and what you're doing i just ask that you would speak to every heart. You hold the keys to every heart and every mind. Would you unlock them now to come into the reality of a true Christian experience, a true Christian life, yes. to be in Christ. And Father, I just pray now that even I'm just seeing like, I'm just seeing people with um, like broken hearts and, and emotional pain and trauma and turmoil and um uh, I, I'm just seeing like there's even people who during this, the lockdown and this, this uh, global virus, there's, there's been some serious mental and emotional issues. Um, and I just see Holy Spirit coming upon you and, um, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break the bondage, the chains that have been holding you, the lies of depression, anxiety and the emotional chaos and mess that you've been feeling inside. And I just see that calmness and that stillness as he comes upon you. But not only that, he wants to fill you and replace those things with the love of Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, would you minister to every person right now that is feeling that inward turmoil and chaos? I also just thank you for that person with a, uh, the shoulder pain. I think it's a left shoulder. It could be either shoulder. I just thank you right now that even over the airways, over a podcast like this, that you could actually come upon them and touch them, that you're the healer. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. I pray that, that you would meet every need right now, physically, um, emotionally, mentally, financially, that you would meet those needs. But more than that, Lord, that you would meet the need for God himself yes. in us, Lord, that you would fill us, that that space within our lives that's designed for God, that you would fill that right now. So I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I just... I thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm seeing um, like people with glasses on and I feel like even, I know this is extreme, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is even healing eyesight um, physically, but also spiritually as well. So I just release that healing and that anointing of your Holy Spirit and your presence on them right now. And healing in the church, Lord. Yes. Uh, restoration in the church. I just see um, healing of relationships in ministry, healing of relationships within local churches, um, uh, healing of, of past experiences that have caused uh, people to act a different way. And I just thank you that what will define the church and what will mold and shape every believer that, that listens to this would be the very Spirit of God. Okay. Yeah, so I just release that. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that would fill the homes and the, the rooms where people are listening to this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I just pray for, for the church globally right now. Wow, Lord, I just see a, a mass mobilization of your bride. Mm -hmm. That we would be so looking to the return of Jesus, so looking to the day of the Lord that is so near, the, the coming of Jesus, that we would be moved in our hearts to live for something far beyond uh, what's happening right now and far beyond just natural and earthly things, Lord, but that we would live for eternity. Lord, I pray that you would put a godly, divine um, burden of souls on our hearts, Lord. And I say burden, but I don't mean it in a negative sense, but that we would feel the godly weight of your compassion and your heart and your love for people that you so long for your bride to be as big and as diverse and as full as possible. And so, Lord, I just pray for the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. I know that it's not our strength. I know that it's you. But I ask, Lord, that during this time that you repair the nets, repair the nets of the, the local churches, that we would come into agreement around the one thing, not around all these other things that we might find disagreements in, but agreement around one thing, Jesus Christ, the, the bride of Christ coming to be a lover of Jesus. And so would you awaken lovers at this time? Thank you, Jesus, that when the borders open again, we're going to see that explosion continue. We're going to see a great harvest. And it might not look like we thought, but Lord, we yield to your voice. We yield to you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your tenderness, your gentleness, the way you touch us, the way you interrupt us, the way you... Wow, Lord, just the way you break into our lives. We just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whew. So, <laughs> amen. Wow. wow. So I really do pray that... Um, this is our, our first podcast, but I do, just as we can feel the presence of Holy Spirit, I pray that you're feeling that at home. Um, but also the great longing um, of our heart is that this would really serve to equip and encourage yeah. people um, and, and the bride. That actually we're going to see the bride of Christ be the radiant, pure, holy, perfect body um, yeah. that we're called to be. So we just bless you. We, we love you so yeah. much. Thank you for, for listening. Um, we ask that you would share these uh, videos and the audios, the, the podcasts, um, and, and that, yeah, you just spread the news. Um, but we're really excited. This is our first one. There's a lot more to come. Yeah. So we just want to bless you and say thank you for tuning in and listening. Anything else? Yeah, you covered it. Awesome. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Love you. Cool. It's not stopping. Space bar. <laughs>